Hello, welcome to episode 37 of the Hockey News on the Dub podcast, brought to you by BetMGM. I'm Carol Schramm, here with Adam Kurzenblatt, and later in the episode, we will cover this week's headlines, our three stars of the week, and the Calgary Flames as our NHL team of the week. But uh, in keeping with that theme, we are very happy to start off this episode by speaking with Vancouver Giants center Jaden Lipinski, who was drafted by the Flames in the fourth round in Nashville this past June. Uh, thanks for joining us, Jaden, and uh, you're just back in Vancouver. Vancouver now after attending your first NHL training camp in Calgary. Uh, what was that like, including uh, playing your first game in front of those Flames fans at the Saddle Dome? Yeah, it was uh, it was a really cool experience. Um, something a lot. It's very new to me. Uh, you know the difference in pace and strength of those guys. So um, I had a really good time at the camp, and uh, the staff was great, and the players were good too. Now, um, during the training camp, you also had the opportunity to play with uh, Giants teammates, uh, Sam Honzik. So how beneficial was it to have somebody that you've played with over the last couple of years uh, at camp with you? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it makes the experience a lot easier and uh, a lot more fun, um, you know, being with him, obviously, the whole year in Vancouver last year and uh, being drafted by the same team was really cool as well. So just having someone that you're close with up there just uh, – you know, it's really fun. Uh, now, another a couple of other faces that were familiar to you uh, at Young Stars in Penticton and uh, at the Flames camp were uh, Parker Bell and Lucas Siona, who have been uh, on the uh, on the other side of the ice in the WHL over the last couple of years. Uh, those guys are both uh, kind of uh, disturbers, shall we say, on the ice. So how nice was it to have them on your side for a change? Yeah, yeah, they're not the uh, easiest guys to play against, but, um, you know, they were great, and uh, I got along well with them. Now, um, speaking a little bit about coming back to the Giants, what type of homework, per se, did the Flames give you that they wanted you to work on uh, during the season? Um, I think it's just kind of maturing as a player, um, getting the details right and, uh, you know, the strength and speed of it is uh, such a crucial part in the game, especially trying to make that jump to pro. So, um, you know, if I could just continue to work on my strengths and, uh, you know, build on them, I think, uh, I think I'll be able to play it. Awesome. And uh, speaking of homework, when uh, we were at the Giants win over Wenatchee on Sunday, we saw that you were presented with your uh, with your high school diploma. So uh, congratulations on that. <laughs> and uh, what, yeah. what's it like as a junior player trying to balance your schoolwork with your with your hockey responsibilities and uh, and, and get those last few credits taken care of? Yeah, well, uh, if I'm being honest, it's not the hardest thing in the world. I think a lot of guys <laughs> just maybe uh, procrastinate a bit, or, um, but it's, it's not the hardest thing in the world. Uh, were there any challenges for you shifting your school from, from Phoenix, where you grew up, to, uh, to Canada? Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, it's a lot, I'd say, just different here. Um, well, first of all, they don't, they call it kind of by grades, like grade 10, 11, 12, as opposed to the, what we call it in the States. But uh, no, I thought it was, it was a pretty decent transition. You know, I, I had nice teachers, so they were able to help me out. Awesome. Now, speaking a little bit about uh, Wenatchee, you do have a connection there because you played with uh, their GM, Bliss Littler's son, uh, Cade Littler, when you were in uh, the Phoenix Junior Coyotes um, program. And both of you guys are drafted by the uh, Calgary Flames. So how cool is it to have that connection where 
two players from that Phoenix Junior Coyotes team were drafted not just into the NHL, but by the same NHL organization. Yeah, it was really cool. Uh, I spent a lot of time with Cade when we were 16. Uh, I lived with him for about two months, and then he lived with me right after that when uh, the BCHL wasn't able to get started. So I was actually planning on play, playing for the Wild. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I'm really close to Cade. And having him, like you said with uh, Hansik, having him in Calgary as well has been um, pretty nice to have someone close. Um, and speaking of Arizona, um, you know, the, the whole non-traditional hockey market conversation um, comes up all the time. So uh, I'm curious about, uh, about your experience, about uh, how you sort of were attracted to hockey in the first place and what your, your development journey was like from when you were a little guy. Yeah, I think uh, coming from Arizona, it's definitely, I take a lot of pride from it. Not too many guys come from there and, uh, you know, get to be drafted or, um, you know, so I think uh, it's it's really cool coming from there, uh, looking up to guys like Austin Matthews and uh, even Matthew Nyes and the Leafs, you know, those are guys that I look up to a lot and uh, I want to get to where they're at. So um, I take a lot of pride in it. Uh, and what was your path like from the from the Junior Coyotes to uh, to the WHL? How did that all come to pass? Well, uh, I think I have to thank uh, Colton Lankow for that. Um, he was drafted by the Vancouver Giants uh, a few years ago, and then um, I went undrafted. So, uh, like the next year after the draft, I was playing on his line, and uh, they came down to watch him. And you know, he was making me really look really good at giving me some good passes. So uh, I think they took a liking to that, and so I ended up signing with them like a year later. So uh, I have him to thank. And was your uh, your hockey origin story sort of similar to Matthews? Was it one of those things where you went to a Coyotes game and was just like, I want to do that? Yeah, for sure. The Coyotes <laughs> played a really big part. Um, so I hope they can uh, stay there. That would hurt to see him go. But uh, no, they played a big part. Now, uh, over the weekend, you were named the second star against Wenatchee after you put up two assists and uh, the 6-2 win for the Giants. So... What are kind of your personal goals for the uh, upcoming season? I think uh, just skin better every game. Um, you know, growing, not not as much the points or the goals. I mean, obviously I have, uh, those are nice, but uh, I think just maturing my game and, you know, refining the details as well as being a mentor for the young guys. Um, I think being in that position as, an, as a 19-year-old uh, is a responsibility, but uh, I think I'm ready for it. Um, and speaking of the young guys, uh, you were playing on a line on Sunday with uh, with two WHL rookies in uh, Adam Tittlebach and Cameron Schmidt, who obviously are both new to the Giants. So uh, tell us a little bit about them, your sort of early impressions. And uh, it seems like the chemistry is uh, is coming together pretty quickly for the three of you. Yeah, well, uh, those two are uh, really impressive for their age. Um, you know, my first year in the league was difficult uh for me and you know to see these guys come in and to make an impact every game and just seeing them in practice uh it's really impressive so uh i think they definitely make my job a little easier uh they're a little bit faster than me so i just try to get them the puck but uh no I i'm really impressed with them and uh 
Tittlebach is uh, is draft eligible this year. We saw Hansek go on that uh, you know sort of crazy trajectory of being a, a new player in the WHL, coming over from Europe and uh, and impressing all his way to the to the first round. Uh, I know it's early, but do you think Tittlebach might be able to do something similar? Yeah, for sure. I think coming in, uh, there's definitely some resemblance. Um, they're kind of different players, but uh, I, I don't see why he can't do the same and continue to get better as he goes on. Awesome. Well, we won't take up any more of your time, Jaden. Um, thank you so much again for uh, for coming on with us. We really appreciate you uh, making time for us here at the uh, Hockey News on the Dub. And best of luck this year. Uh, the two and one record to start the year. The Giants' next game is in Portland on Saturday against the Winterhawks, and they've also started with a two and one record. Thanks again, Jaden, for coming on today. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Thanks again to Jaden for joining us on the pod this week. Stay tuned for more interviews as the season rolls along. Adam has some very lofty goals of bringing on more players who will align with our NHL teams of the week. So we'll uh, keep our fingers crossed that their schedules will allow for that to happen. Uh, now we'll, we will move on to this week's headlines, starting with Wednesday's big announcement from the WHL that uh, Wenatchee Wild's former head coach, Kevin Constantine, has now been suspended indefinitely. An independent investigation determined that he did violate the league's standard of conduct policies by making derogatory comments of a discriminatory nature. Uh, Constantine was initially suspended on September 24th, and he will now not be eligible to apply for reinstatement to any team in the WHL until July of 2025, so two years away. Uh, Thursday afternoon, the Wild announced that they have officially terminated Constantine's contract, and as they search for a new head coach, Associate Chris Clark and assistant Andrew Surower will continue to run the ship as they have been doing since Constantine's suspension was first announced. Clark has been with the organization since all the way back in its North American Hockey League days back in 2008 when he started as a goalie coach. And uh, he served as the head coach in the last two BCHL seasons before the move to the WHL this year for the Wild. Uh, your thoughts on how this has all played out, Adam? Well, um, I think that it is an important moment for the league as it shows that they aren't going to tolerate this type of a discrimination while involved in the league. You know, we, we've we talked a lot about the Bill Peters hiring and everything that's happened in the past, uh, but this does show that the league is willing to protect its players while an incident occurs under their jurisdiction. And um, I also think that this is... Uh, that there's some positives that come out of this because it shows that the, we are at a time where the players aren't afraid to speak up. You know, people in the organization aren't afraid to speak up uh, and that hopefully this suspension will show players that may have gone through an incident like this or something that has violated the code of conduct that the WHL is going to take this stuff seriously and that it is willing, uh, worth reporting. Because as we know in the past, uh, there's been a lot of people who have had to hold on to you know, these type of incidences for years before uh, actually coming out and talking about it. So the fact that this was so quick really shows that, you know, players or staff or whoever was the whoever was the one who reported this have faith in the system and that the WHL is willing to uh, do whatever it takes to protect their players. 
Absolutely. And uh, in our second headline from this week was another very emphatic statement from the uh, WHL as well. Uh, Last Wednesday, the league office announced after the recording of uh, last week's episode that uh, Victoria Royals forward Alex Edward has been suspended for a whopping 25 games. Um, On September 23rd in Everett, Edwards ran Silver Tips defender Dexter Whittle from behind into the boards. Uh, Edwards was given a match penalty on the play for intent to injure, and uh, Whittle was hospitalized, but uh, has since been released. Um, there's no set timetable yet for his return to the ice or to uh, to the Silver Tips, but uh, the severity of the punishment for Edwards has everything to do with his status as a repeat offender. Uh, your thoughts on this one? Yeah, um, I have watched the incident back and, you know, this is a hit that you are, that they're trying to get out of the game at every single level. There's a reason that, you know, at the junior level, they have the big stop sign on the back of the jerseys. Uh, He's shown no intent of slowing down uh, prior to the hit. Uh, As you mentioned there, he has a, he has a history of suspensions. He was suspended twice. Um, And I know that some feel that 25 games is harsh, uh, but this was clear intention. I don't know if he intended to injure, but he definitely intended to make a statement and go through the player. Um, There has to be some sort of, you know, in player's mind, there has to be some sort of uh, any type of like mechanism that goes off and says, Hey, the player is facing the boards. I know I'm coming in with speed, but I'm not going to go through him. I'm going to, you know, try to stop up. Like, like I said, he showed no sign of slowing down. So this was a really dangerous play. Uh, Whittle is lucky in my opinion uh, that he was able to be released from hospital. Uh, we'll see if he'll be able to play, but um, I know Everett hasn't announced what his status will be, but I mean, uh, I would be surprised if he played again this year. I hope he gets the opportunity, but like that just looked awful and uh, a big shout out to the Everett uh, booster club. So over the weekend uh, they advertised that if you wanted to bring get well cards uh, for him and for his family uh, that you could drop them off at the stadium and that they would give those cards to him and his family. So, you know, kind of this dub it's another uh, form of this WHL community kind of coming together and helping uh, everybody out. So uh, that's really nice to see. Yeah, and hopefully uh, that support will sort of lift Whipple little spirits a little bit, and uh, the uh, the Silver Tips can do uh, everything that they can to uh, to start out by just making him comfortable, and uh, you know, ideally get him back to, uh, to to full health. As you say, it could be a long road, but uh, we'll we'll wish him all of the best for this situation. Uh, next up, we will uh, talk more about captains. We've had five more teams uh, announce who will be wearing the C for their organizations this year. And uh, this is a pretty strong trend toward uh, overage defensemen. So uh, we'll start out with one of those in the BC division with uh, with the Prince George Cougars. Yeah, so they have named Hudson Thornton their captain. Uh, he, he's undrafted and he's a player that I'm actually really surprised went undrafted. Uh, he is a defenseman that is really strong on the offensive zone. Um, but he's going to be one of those players to watch in CHL free agency. So uh, I'm sure that we'll be talking about him, um, especially because Prince George is uh, putting up, you know, eight goals per game, it feels like. And uh, he's a big part of that offense. 
Yeah, the Cougars are a wagon to start the season. We'll be talking a little bit more about them later on. Uh, down in Tri-City, they also went with an overage defenseman in uh, Alex Duralio. Yeah, so this is a great story. A player who was never drafted into the WHL, uh, played the past four seasons with Tri-City and is set to uh, play his 150th career game with the organization in the next couple weeks. So always great to see those players that, you know, earned the opportunity and now they're getting rewarded uh, near the end of their careers. Um, yeah, and the captaincy is just another, uh, um, you know, pat on the back for uh, for the good work that he's done on the ice and uh, and with the organization. So uh, continuing in the U.S. division, the Seattle Thunderbirds have named Vegas Golden Knights prospect Jordan Gustafson as their captain for the season. Yes, um, Gustafson is on the Thunderbirds uh, roster right now, 19-year-old center, but he is listed month-to-month with an upper body injury, so We'll see how that plays into, you know, Seattle's plans going forward. But as of right now, he is their captain, even if he's not on the ice. Got it. Uh, now moving over to Alberta, we've got the third overage defenseman named captain, and that's uh, Tyson Galloway with the Calgary Hitmen. Yeah, so um, originally a fifth round pick of the St. Louis Blues. He wasn't signed within the two-year window. So, you know, Calgary Flames coming up again. He was at their training camp this uh, year. So uh, he'll be another player to keep an eye on in CHL free agency because generally if a player is invited to those camps, they're, that's a good indicator that at least somebody is interested in them. So uh, we'll possibly see his name come up at the end of the year. Yeah, and it's not like it's a, a, a challenge for them to scout him with, with the Hitman, uh, with everybody playing in the in the same building in the Saddle Dome. Easy to keep an eye on uh, on what's going on with Galloway. Uh, and then finally, to stay in Alberta, the Red Deer Rebels made the decision to name 20-year-old forward Kai Uchez as their captain for the upcoming season. Uh, yeah, so um, this decision was met with some uh, pushback from the hockey world uh, because prior to the 2020-21 season, uh, uh, Yuschek was removed from the Seattle Thunderbirds roster due to racially motivated bullying of a teammate. Uh, he was that, whereas how he uh, was traded to the Red Deer Rebels. Um, I mean, so far there have been haven't been any issues or any incidences with the Rebels, uh, but I mean, hockey Twitter uh, or hockey X or social media wasn't shy about posting their frustrations about the announcement. Um, it's easy to see why people are frustrated. Even if there has been no incidences since, um, it it it's easy to for them to have just gone in another direction. You know, with everything that's going on with what we mentioned in Wenatchee and with the Bill Peters hiring, it's not really a great look that you have a player who many believe shouldn't have been given a second opportunity in the league. Uh, now, just a couple years later, give given the captaincy, even if there are no incidences in between. Um, yeah, I see your point on that. And, uh, there was actually a really good piece about this in the, uh, in the Red Deer Advocate this week, um, sort of covering both sides of the story. And, uh, the, um, the, the agent Scott Norton for the, the player that was affected by the bullying, um, certainly is still coming down hard on the side that, uh, that he doesn't think that Utah should have this opportunity to, uh, to be continuing in the WHL and especially to be wearing the C. Um, but, uh, on the other side of the equation, I feel like when the red when the rebels made the decision to 
back this player and to bring him into the organization. That was really when they made the big leap of faith when uh, when things were fresh and they didn't really know how it was going to play out. And by all reports since then, he's been a, a, a model player. Not only have there but not been any um, similar incidents or anything else uh, to sort of go onto his record, but he's also been involved in taking diversity training and speaking to other younger players about what he went through and um, what that path has been like in order to make sure that um, that they understand how not to end up in the same same spot that he did. So um, for them to have decided to uh, to give him the C, I feel really speaks to their um, their belief that he has learned and grown for this, and especially in a situation like this where he was a minor when uh, when the incident took place. Um, you know, I'm not saying that people shouldn't be accountable, but I do like the idea of people um, being able to take advantage when they're given a second chance and live up to that. So I feel like the um, the most important thing from here on out now is uh, is for him to live up to the honor that uh, and the trust and faith that the that the rebels have put in him and make sure that they uh, that he doesn't give the team any reason to regret. Um, handing him the C's because, uh, you know, again, much like, uh, you know, even even Mike Babcock and Columbus, the uh, the people will be watching and even the smallest transgression is is going to be noted. So he really needs to make sure that um, he continues to live up to these high standards that he has been setting for himself over the last couple of years. So um, I hope for all the best for him and uh, him and, and Red Deer and that this can be a learning situation for everybody. Uh, now, on a lighter note, after all of that, uh, we have some few more days left in the NHL preseason, and we've got a few WHL players who are still uh, turning heads and staying in camp, some of whom we thought might be able to pull off something like this, and uh, a few have uh, kind of made things a little bit challenging maybe for the general manager of their WHL uh, or their NHL squads. So uh, let's take a look at uh, who is still in the mix as we record here on uh, Thursday afternoon. Yeah. So um, the most prominent name probably of uh, players that we believed were coming back to the WHL this year is uh, Wenatchee Wild Ford, Zach Benson um, drafted 13th overall by the Sabres. He's playing on the first line with Tage Thompson <laughs> and uh, he's definitely stay, uh, sticking out with uh, five points in five games. Uh, I don't think, I think that a lot of people understood how good Zach Benson was, but I don't think people thought that he was going to make the Sabres roster. And he's just made it virtually like impossible for them not to give him the nine game stint at the beginning of the season. So great to see uh, Zach Benson getting that opportunity. Um, and especially for a player that a lot of people thought was too small or undersized, uh, playing next to Tage Thompson, it, it doesn't seem <laughs> to matter what size you are because he'll just uh, clear the lane anyway. So that's one name to watch for sure. Uh, and then over in Chicago, we got uh, Kevin Korchinski, who's really making an impact, the Seattle Thunderbird defenseman. Uh, him and uh, Connor Bedard uh, look like they're going to start the season on uh, Chicago's roster for that nine-game uh, stint. Um, obviously Bedard first overall, uh, this past year has, uh, I don't think there was much debate whether or not he was coming back to the WHL this year, but Kevin Korchinski, uh, first rounder in 2022 has, is another player that's made it, uh, very difficult, um, for the 
uh, Chicago Blackhawks to uh, send back to the WHL right away. Um, yeah, and after uh, seeing Wenatchee um, lose to the Vancouver Giants, uh, we were both at that game on uh, on Sunday last weekend. Um, uh, uh, Zach Benson certainly would have uh, made a bit of a difference for uh, for for Wenatchee in terms of their uh, competitiveness in that game. And uh, Connor Geeky and Matt Savoy, their other uh, two top prospects, were also both absent as well. Um, the schedule also didn't do Wenatchee any favors. They were playing their third road game in three days, so and it was a four o'clock start. So uh, nothing nothing easy about that, even if they had been uh, fully stocked roster wise. But um, as you say, I think Cubs might have a better chance of grabbing that one open spot in Boston. But um, he has been injured since uh, since development camp, is just getting back on the ice this week. So um, I imagine he'll stay with the Sabres until his rehab is essentially complete and he's ready to uh, to play again, and then they'll figure out what to do with him from there. Um, Geeky did get returned from the Arizona Coyotes camp after Sunday's game, so he is back with Wenatchee now. Um, but as you say, uh, Benson, it, it might be uh, it might be a longer wait to see uh, if he if he can come back. I figure with Tage Thompson being the height that he is, he probably doesn't even notice that Benson's small because everybody just seems small to him. <laughs> it's like whether you're five ten or six two, it all looks the same from uh, from Thompson's lofty perch in the middle. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, when you're, I know that. Like people don't, you shouldn't read into preseason lines very often. But when you're playing with the first line center on a consistent basis and the regular season starts next week and you're running out of preseason games, that's a pretty good sign that, you know, the coach in the organization likes you. Uh, and the uh, Buffalo media seems to like him quite a lot as well. It's been uh, been pretty effusive on uh, on Benson coverage. Um, also seeing lots of positive coverage of, uh, Toronto Maple Leafs prospect Fraser Minton, who is also sticking around. Yeah, um, uh, I think that a lot of people are shocked that Minton is on the verge of getting a nine-game trial with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, I didn't think it was going to happen either. I'm a huge Minton fan. I think I've made that clear on the podcast multiple times. Yeah, uh, but I thought that it would be next year before he gets that opportunity and. But good on him. You know, that Maple Leafs roster is really hard to crack. Uh, they made a lot of additions. And uh, hopefully, you know, if he doesn't stick around, uh, then hopefully we might get to talk to him later on in the year. So that, you know, a positive to him coming back into the WHL means that we get to talk about him a little bit more on the pod. <laughs> so we'll take it as a as a win-win, wishing him the best for now, but uh, also hoping that we can uh, get our opportunity to uh, to watch him a little bit more closely. Um, some other WHL names that are still in the mix. Nate Danielson is still with the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, they're playing on Thursday night, and I saw that he had uh, at least one point before we uh, hit record on the pod here. Uh, Owen Pickering is still with Pittsburgh. He's been injured, but uh, my understanding is that he's back on the ice and starting to skate again as well and uh denton mate chuck is uh doing his thing with columbus um and you think that owen zellweger is probably going to stick with the ducks right yeah i think that um i think that owen zellweger i don't think he's coming back to the whl i think it's the galls or the ducks but i do believe that he'll be on their opening night roster um you just kind of look at the ducks 
defense core, and I don't see a reason why he wouldn't be on their opening night roster. Like he, even in a third line capacity, like I think that he's one of their top six defensemen. I get the whole, you know, they want to be careful with this development and things like that. But I, I think that he's earned the opportunity uh, uh, at this point. I guess it'll just come down to probably one of him or Minchikov from the OHL will probably get that sixth spot. And so it's probably just a matter of what uh, the fit is better. Um, Jamie Drysdale finally signed with the Ducks uh, today here on Thursday. So at least they've got him in the fold. And uh, and they picked up Lassie Thompson on waivers as well. So their, their decor is a little bit fuller than it was when when uh, training camp started but uh i still i think for uh for talented players there, there there should still be opportunities to see what they can do all right one more headline before we move on and uh that's our first big blockbuster whl trade of the year i love these when we've got uh high quality players going uh one way and uh, bucket loads of draft picks going the other way so uh Kalen parker is the uh star of this deal yeah, so um, Victoria sent defenseman Kalen Parker for uh, Brain Sherman, another player that I really like, uh, and a draft pick to uh, the Moose Jaw Warriors, Warriors in exchange for forward uh, Ben uh, Rishi and five picks, including two first-rounders. Um, one of those picks, uh, I did the math and right now, uh, that player is 12 years old, uh, <laughs> which is kind of weird to think of. Uh, but yeah, um, I guess... I'm not feeling too confident in my Victoria will make the playoffs prediction. Uh, this kind of, I think this solidifies that they're in rebuild, that they're going full rebuild. Like yeah. they've been kind of wishy-washy on the rebuild the last couple of years, but I think this is like, like uh, we're going to do this. It's going to be like a year or two. We're just going to try to acquire as many draft picks as we can. Um, they haven't started the season off well. Um, there's a lot of questions about, whether or not there's going to be some coaching and GM changes there. So we'll see what happens in uh, Victoria. And as for Moose Jaw, they're just loading up for their uh, Memorial Cup run. I know that some people have them as the Memorial Cup favorites at the moment from the WHL. Uh, they still have to get through, you know, Saskatoon in that division. So um, we'll, we'll, or in that conference. So we'll see what happens. And then, you know, they might have to go through the high flying uh, Prince George Cougars after that. But uh, I wouldn't bet against uh, Moose Jaw at the moment. And they just got a, basically a top six forward and a top line defenseman. Um, so I think that's a good indicator that they're, that they're going for it this year and that they understand that their window is really closing because of the players they're going to lose in the next uh, year or two. Yeah, so uh, this is the year, and Moose Jaw just made themselves even more of a, of a team to watch as we go forward this season. All right, now let's uh, let's do our three stars of the week. And uh, even though we are recording a little later in the week than usual, we are using our usual sort of Monday to Sunday window uh, to count for our uh, for the week that we're looking at for three stars. So uh, for this week, we will start in Swift Current with Matthew Ward as star number three. Yeah, nineteen-year-old undrafted forward, another player I thought should have been drafted, but. You know, I have a whole list of players that uh, I feel like should have been drafted. Maybe I'm a little bit WHO biased, but Matthew Ward definitely should have been drafted. Um, anyway, he had uh, two goals and four points in uh, two games from the past weekend. Uh, while he did have two points in each game, his standout performance came against Brandon on Saturday night, where he scored uh, his first two goals of the year. 
Um, like I said, 74 points and he didn't get drafted really surprising. Um, but maybe having another strong year and if the Broncos make the playoffs, somebody will, uh, realize the mistake and uh, take him in this year's draft. Yeah. Uh, second star, uh, we here we are at the Moose Jaw Warriors and uh, one of their incumbent stars, uh, Jagger Furcus. Yeah, so Jagger Furcus, a.k.a. the Furcus Circus, is back. And uh, he looks ready to dominate once again in the WHL. Scored in all three games he played, recording seven total points during that span. And uh, yeah, he recently came back from the Seattle Kraken uh, training camp. So it will be interesting to see whether or not he gets that opportunity with Team Canada in a couple months at the World Juniors. I think he's probably a shoe-in at this point. I think that he probably should have been more highly considered last year as well, but that roster was so deep that I understand why he didn't get picked. But uh, this is a player that we talked about in the um, in the uh, previews that this is a guy who might even flirt with a hundred points if he plays the, you know, close to an entire season. So I'm really high on Fergus and excited to see what he can do. Uh, and for our first star of the week, uh, the other team that you're super high on, as you mentioned, of course, is Prince George. And, uh, we've got uh, 17 year old Tarek Parasak taking home, uh, your first star honors for this week. Yeah, so uh, the Cougars are, look like an unstoppable force, uh, unstoppable offense at the moment. Uh, specifically, uh, Parasak, who's uh, leading the entire WHO in scoring um, from that past weekend. So uh, in two games against Victoria, he recorded his first hat trick and finished with seven points. Um, he was also named WHO Rookie of the Week. And he's actually has more points than half of the WHO has goals so far this season. And you know, just looking back, they did play on Wednesday night. He had two goals and an assist while Prince George had um, another eight goals against Kelowna. And that doesn't count towards the stats for this week, but it's, you know, even though he he impressed us over the weekend, he's still impressing us in that Prince George Cougars team. Yeah, they just got Cohen Zemer back. They just got Riley Height back. Uh, we talked about Zach Funk last uh, week, Hudson Thornton. Like, that team is... Like they're on pace to shatter or come close to shattering the like WHL record in scoring. I don't think it's like I know they're on pace for over like 500 goals or something, okay. uh, which would be insane because I think that Winnipeg had like 325 last year, uh, and they led the league so around and they scored so, a lot, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so thinking that a team could get even 400. Uh, is wild. Uh, we'll see if Prince George can keep it up, but it doesn't look like they're slowing down. Uh, and uh, and mentioning the wild, uh, Wenatchee is up there, I believe, is uh, is the next victim of the Cougars um, on uh, th- Thursday or Thursday or Friday. Not sure exactly what day, but I know they're uh, they're in Prince George. So uh, good luck to them against this big force. And uh, I guess this is all really good news for uh, Canucks goaltending prospect Ty Young, who has uh, all the run support that he needs as he uh, works to get uh, his game to the next level this year. Yeah, and they're doing it by committee and goal. Uh, they're doing it by committee up front. They're doing it by committee in defense. Uh, there's a reason that uh, we had Prince George as the BC division favorites. And uh, yeah, up there with Moose Jaw and Saskatoon as probably the WHL favorites. Awesome.
All right, now uh, let's move on to our NHL team of the week. Uh, as previously foreshadowed, it is the Calgary Flames this week as we continue our journey through the Pacific Division. Uh, they have drafted plenty of players from the WHL over the past few seasons, but only two are projected to be in the league this year, both with the Vancouver Giants. So uh, let's start with their first round pick from this past draft, who we mentioned in our interview with Jaden Lipinski, and that is Sam Honzek. Yeah, so um, 16th overall selection uh, this past year. Hansik's an exciting prospect. The Flames have high hopes uh, for while he can play center. Um, when I did speak to him during training camp, he told me that the plan is to develop him as a winger at the NHL level. Um, but we'll see if the Giants play him at center because I know that there's been talk that they want to play him at center. Uh, listed at six foot four, 185 pounds, so definitely not one of the smaller players. Uh, he definitely sticks out on the ice. Um, he's looking to build off a season where he put up 56 points in uh, 43 games and also be part of uh, Team Slovakia at the World Junior. So he was sent back down to the WHL um, a few hours before we started recording the podcast. So we'll see if he gets the opportunity to play down in Portland. Um, that will be uh, interesting to see or interesting to talk to him about his experience at camp because he lasted so long uh, and he got plenty of opportunities to play with uh, some of the big guns out in uh, Calgary. Yeah, he did play in the Flames game on uh, on Wednesday night, but he only had three minutes of ice time. Um, something happened in the first period that took him out of the rest of the game. So um, coach Ryan Huska, still trying to get used to that, uh, said that he was sort of day to day at this point. And uh, again, if there was any sort of major injury, then the uh, the Flames would keep him and rehab him. So um, my guess is that we won't see him in the lineup on Friday night, but uh, that is purely based on the speculation from that uh, from that last game on Wednesday. And I, I assume that he'll uh, need a minute or two to get his feet back under him before he gets back into the Giants lineup. They have a pretty light schedule for this next while. So if they don't, if he doesn't play Friday, I think he's got another five days or so to kind of get everything organized again and see how that goes. Uh, anyways, um, our other Giant who's on the uh, Calgary Flames prospect list is our guest from this week, Jaden Lipinski. Yeah, so undrafted player in the WHL, fourth rounder in the NHL, not too bad. As he talked about, he's from Arizona, uh, the center. He plays a two-way game and is one of those players that is really learning to use his size to his advantage. Um, he's one of these players that grew a lot, and it, it took a little bit of time, but you could definitely tell by the end of the year that he knew how to use his big frame. Uh, but this is a player that uh, I've definitely kept an eye on the last uh two years um he works hard every shift he isn't afraid to come back and play defense he's not one of these players that's just going to stick in the offensive zone and i just feel like he's one of those players that's going to be a fan favorite in calgary over the next couple of years uh fantastic and the oh uh the Flames also have uh, quite a few players drafted out of the dub who are expected to suit up in the ahl with the calgary wranglers this year uh, yeah, so we talked a little bit about it with Lipinski. You got Parker Bell and uh, Lucas Siona. Uh, they'll be making their uh, pro uh, debuts. While 2016 and WHL MVP uh, Drayden Hunt returns after being uh, picked up at the 2023 trade deadline. 
yeah, as I mentioned during the interview, after seeing uh, Bell and Siona wreaking havoc up at uh, uh, Young Stars in Bentic, and they certainly fit the mold of what we know the Flames tend to like in their prospects, which uh, is uh, big and mean <laughs> as often as possible. Um, uh, also on the AHL, we've got uh, Connor Zeri, uh, who was a Kamloops Blazer, and Dustin Wolf, from formerly of the Everett Silvertips. Uh, they both uh, were sent down on Thursday because they're both waiver exempt. I know uh, they're going to try their best to uh, see if they can find a spot for Wolf in the NHL lineup this year because, uh, again, as some some wise soul on Twitter pointed out today, uh, it's not like Wolf has anything left to prove at the AHL level after being named the league's goalie of the year for the last two seasons in a row. So uh, if Calgary can engineer some kind of a trade to uh, move Dan Vladar to a different location, um, maybe then Wolf will be able to move up. But uh, it's probably just a matter of time and and he's going to probably have to be a little bit patient in the uh, in the AHL until they can make that happen. Uh, and you've got one more uh, Wranglers player with a WHL roots that you wanted to highlight before we move on. Yeah, it wouldn't be a uh, it wouldn't be an Alberta team without a Sutter on it. Uh, they do have Brett Sutter, uh, who last played in the WHL during the tw- 2006 2007 season with uh, the Red Deer Rebels, where he was coached by his uncle Brent. Uh, Brent's dad is Daryl Sutter. Uh, he's now 36 years old and has over a thousand WH uh, AHL games on his resume. Um, and he is going to be their captain this year. So, uh, you know, you, another Sutter going through, uh, Alberta at the, uh, pro level. Um, if you look on there, I know if you look on their page, uh, it is pretty incredible to see just the long list of players, uh, whether it's cousins, brothers, sisters, parents, um, but it's good to see that there is still a Sutter in the league. Absolutely. Uh, and the Flames also have two former Kelowna Rockets who are expected to play the full season in, with the NHL squad this year. Um, that's Dylan Dubé and their new captain, Michael Backland. They were both part of Rockets teams that made it to the Memorial Cup, but uh, definitely not the same Memorial Cup. Uh, Backland is now 34 years old and Dubé is 25. So uh, there, there's a little bit of a gap there between their uh, Kelowna Rockets experiences. Uh, now, to wrap up today, we will touch on uh, a new feature. We've decided to highlight a game of the weekend and uh, let you know what you should be uh, keeping keeping your eyes out for as we head into the busy part of the WHL schedule. Yeah, so uh, for this week, we're going Saturday night. Uh, Moose Jaw travels to Medicine Hat to take on the Tigers. Now, there's multiple reasons for this. Uh, one of the main reasons is that this is a battle of two of the teams in the CHL Top 10 from this past week. So that should always get you uh, pretty excited when you get to see those matchups. Um, they're also off to some of the best starts in the WHL. They've both picked up at least three wins in their first five games. Um, but why I really like this game is I see it as a kind of like a pa- uh, not a past versus a future, but maybe a present versus a future. So on the Moose Jaw side, you have yeah, uh, you have uh, Jagger Furcus and uh, Braden Yeager and now Caleb Parker you know, players that have been drafted. And then on the, um, on the moose jo- or on the uh, medicine hat side, you got Gavin McKenna and Caden Lidstrom who both, you know, could be first rounders in the next couple years. So I think that this is definitely a must watch game for the weekend. And I'm excited to see what, uh, if, you know, they take it as a challenge to kind of one up each other and, uh, we get one of these, I know that, you know, 
you got to cheer for goaltenders. But if it's a 7-6 game, I wouldn't mind uh, watching that. <laughs> Given how much I've been watching the Canucks struggle to score over the last two weeks of preseason, uh, I would not mind a, a high-scoring festival on Saturday night either. The Canucks are wrapping up their preseason schedule on Friday, so uh, I will be looking for something to watch as the weekend rolls along. So uh, there you go. That's your tip for Saturday night. Musha Medicine Hat. Um, with that, we have come to the end of another episode. Thank you as always for listening. And if you haven't done so already, please make sure to, that you subscribe to THN on the dub on your favorite podcast platform to check out past episodes of the show and all the others in our hockey news podcast family, go to the hockeynews.com slash podcast. Take care. I hope you get over your, uh, your little frog in your throat there, Adam. And, uh, we appreciate you tuning in and we'll see you again next week with more.